I will say, this run of episodes, man, I think I have decided that there's no point in hoping for explanation or logic anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to a Weimer Gamer subpod called Subspace Transmissions. Uh, I know it's it's pretty good. I don't such a good name. Our Star Wars name is pretty good too. I I enjoyed listening to that first one Mm -hmm. uh, that has gone up at this point and. Probably, I don't know if there's a second one coming before this goes up or not. But unlikely, uh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, the name Carbon Scoring is like a really good like podcast n- name. Like I, I'm just very happy with that name. I like I, it a lot. I like them a lot. Yeah, I like where we've landed on these two. And if we ever have to come up with more, I'm very confident in our abilities now. <laughs> People should hire us to do this for them because I know really right? we're good at it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not great podcasters. We're great podcast namers. That's our speciality. Yes. Just we can come up with podcast names for fifty minutes every podcast now. <laughs> oh, this episode is discoveries episode three, four, and five. Obviously, spoilers. Yeah, so we're doing season two here. Season yep. two, yes. Season episodes two zero three, two zero four, and two zero five. If you go by conventional TV nomenclature. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It is now just we do what we want and you'd better come along for the ride. The Yes. The series. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I was still like uh, you can, my notes change in tenor somewhere through middle of the fourth episode here. Uh yeah, um, mhm. And I, I bet you like, right around the same time. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um and at some, like I'm all skeptical and trying to pick apart like why anything is happening here in the first uh, episode three, and then like halfway through episode four, I just wrote like whatever, man. Okay, <laughs> I like, I have extensive on. notes on episode three of like wow, this is where we're headed with this show. There's so mm-hmm. much happening here. There's like tons of politics. There's all sorts of cool stuff that we're gonna get into. Season uh, episode four's notes are pretty short comparatively and episode five notes get even shorter i think i sat there in episode five with my mouth just agape at a certain point being like what what are we doing doing here what are we what are we doing here man what are we even okay yeah yeah i yeah i have uh yeah we'll talk about it when we get there yep (laughs) sure will three all right (laughs) uh it opens up with a scene about Tilly. Yeah, we're just going to jump through. We we always do it this way where we kind of talk about it, what happens in each episode and then either pick apart individual pieces and or talk about the thing as a whole. So we open with a scene on Tilly who's having a lot of trouble focusing uh, on the bridge. Right, I think. Uh, she freaks out. Or is that see. later? Yeah. I think I think that's later. Don't we start with meeting? Mm. Um, this is Paul. running. She's running. Yeah, and she, then she does some running, and she does some running, and uh, we get the reminder that she's got a, a problem with her head. Right. Uh, yeah, she sees a, she sees her friend that she has saw at the end of the May. Last episode. It took me half of episode three to remember it. her name was May. Yeah, I, I was pretty confused about that as well. 
Again, this show does a bad job of introducing and naming characters. And and you know what? I know another bridge character's name now because Pike is very good about saying Owo's name. Yes. Thank you, Pike, for (laughs) clearly enunciating anyone's name when you say it instead of like yelling it out of the side of your mouth like everyone else seems to do. Pike. Oh, man. We have I have some thoughts about Pike at the end of this. We'll They're good get thoughts. There when we They're get good there. thoughts. They're good. Okay. Uh, they think Sarek's shown up to help them find Spock, but nope, it's Amanda. Yeah, the Burnham's reveal mother, but not I guess biological mother, but her her mother that she was raised with, human mother though, right? Yeah. And at this point now, this show to me has become quite a bit about. Sarek and Amanda and Spock and integrating Burnham into that. Mm-hmm. I This is a moment when I want to wonder something out loud. Do you think whatever's wrong here that we find out about later continues on and that is how they reconcile Spock having never spoken of Burnham? Oh yeah, it's gotta be. The, the stuff that happens here has to be like they can't end this series or show with Burnham and Spock being like, cool, we're cool with each other, we love each other now, like brother and sister. Right, something has to happen here, right? So that... Well, these... So, I mean, I, we didn't get to it yet, but it happens later where Burnham mentions that, like, whatever, she did something to Spock or something, basically made him hate her. Hey, uh, and... we gotta stop for a second. You are breaking up so bad, I can't understand you. Oh, microphone? Oh, yeah. Mm, wow, this is... Uh, yeah, I see. You want to wait for it to come back for a minute? Try and reconnect? What do you want to do? Yeah, give me a sec. Let me... Let me... How about this? Better? Sounds Better? normal now, yeah. Okay. So the bars let's... were dipping down into the yellow and red, and now they are back to the green. Okay. So uh, let's give me a tiny little editing gap so I can see it, and then we'll just jump backwards so you can make your point again. After I basically said, you know, do you think they'll, um, do you think they'll keep Burnham out? So just give it a five count, and then you can start start again. Because you know they can't end where they can't end this series with Burnham and Spock being all like buddy buddy and loving each other like siblings should right because right because it isn't it wouldn't make any sense right you spot this happens before the original series like kirk isn't there and spock never talked about burnham anytime ever i mean we've seen spock in in very vulnerable moments where you'd think like he's talked about his father and his relationship with him yeah and and we've we've explored that pretty extensively in various star trek media so So it's really hard now that i think about it and this is going to be an issue when they do that next star trek show the strange new worlds Mm -hmm. and this is a problem star wars has actually that we've uh, been talking about in our carbon scoring chat when you work your way backwards and you keep prequeling things people like you're painted Mm -hmm. into a corner and so when you do something like add Burnham, right? Yep. What do you do to keep it consistent in the future? I, I'm very curious now that she is so integrated. It's fine in the first season where you're like, ah, she's like not included in the family. Sarek, Sarek comes to 
terms with the fact that he was a bad father to her at the end of season one there. Right. And that could have been kind of it, right? Where it's like, I was a bad father to you. We can have a nice relationship when we run into each other now because I've realized this. And they could have left it there. But now we're like so integrated with Spock. I, I just, mean, now, you know, what you if know. the end what if the end result of all this is Burnham is chasing Spock the entire series and we like don't really see him or they don't meet? Okay, well you we know. know they cast a Spock. Right. But so, I mean that doesn't mean Burnham and Spock have to be in this in you know, in proximity and actually talk to each other. True. Right? And uh, that's true. And, the, you know, they've written a way that that's possible later on. We find out about Section 31 and their mission. So, anyway, I'm right. just curious if you thought they had to write a way in for them. I, I could got to do something so the Spock doesn't have a reason to talk about her. Either at the yeah. end of Discovery, they've got to have a plan for that of, like, he doesn't talk about her because she died. She did, you know, like something. Right. Uh, we, you know, or maybe, you know, some kind of thing where like, you know, he and her come to some kind of agreement that like, we're just going to pretend each other don't exist because yeah. family drama or whatever. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, we jump to Konos and, or sorry, now it's changed in pronunciation again, according to Gosh. Ash Tyler. Konosh? Yeah. Konosh now? Look, man, the planet is named Kronos. Can it's, we just call it that? Can we just stick to Kronos? It's been Kronos since forever. Uh, and two things happen. People don't rename their planets usually is what I'm saying. I agree with you. Uh, the D7. Beautiful rendition of the D7. In which yeah, it looked good. they have decided they're creating a new empire. And I love this moment where they're like, for our new empire, a new ship. And we yeah. will all, as one, build this and use it. And that explains that. It's like, okay, cool. I like this. Like, yeah. we're we're writing back a way to explain we're not a disparate culture anymore. And later on in the series, when you only see the D7, this is why. Yeah. I, my only note about this scene uh, is that, man, Ash looks really rough. <laughs> Ash looks... Well, my note about this scene was, why do all the Klingons have hair now? Yeah, I, I I'm okay with don't it. Like the, I, the the hair is fine. I don't have a problem with the hair. I still don't like the design of the Klingons in this show at uh, all. I noticed. Why did you change it? I Go noticed back to the old one. Well, I noticed some of the Klingons are starting to look more like the other Klingons. You know what I mean? Like, so the first season design of the Klingons was abysmal, terrible. <laughs> Just, Awful, unbelievably bad. This really, really has terrible. Been less good it, it, it's than less the original. Bad, yeah, but less, still but less good. I think still less good. I think yeah. they're doing the work as fast as they can to be like, we're correcting it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I, yeah, maybe I, it's just like they got every two or three episodes yeah, they change yeah, yeah. it a so little next, bit. <laughs> next time we go back to Konosh. Well, uh, I I'm just I, I had to say it one more time to really get it out, and now I'm just going back I to Chrono. This desk over I'm and going, leave this office. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back. It's Chronos. Okay, uh, I think they're doing the thing, like you said. Every two episodes, three episodes, they're going to go back to Chronos, and it'll be like, and now we've developed a 
a united uniform and we'll we'll have the klingon uniform from yeah from sure. back in the day you know like <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. okay all right so sounds good although uh at the end of this she calls herself mother and i don't remember that being a thing so uh they 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 address the hair later of like oh now that the war is over they've cut their hair or they've let their hair grow out again or something you know like i don't whatever sure whatever okay. i, I but then again, why don't they ever cut their hair again? You know what again, I mean? Like, you're, looking, you're looking for logic because yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. this show doesn't have any, as we discover later. Okay. Um, My big notes here going into the next scene. Huge capital Y-E-S. No more holograms while Pike's around. <laughs> Which they then immediately stop doing. Well, other people do it. Uh, but multiple times they have started to assail the hologram. Which I'm happy about. Yeah, I think the holograms are dumb, so I'm happy to see them just do view screens. I do, I do love it though. Like one of the people is like, so uh, it's you and my grandmother that are the only people that still use view screens. There, Pike. (laughs) He's like, yeah. "Yeah, So what? I don't care. It's like Uh, call me old fashioned. I am. (laughs) I am calling you old fashioned. Yep. So Spock is accused of killing some doctors and escaping his psych ward. Uh, right. And has been seeing the Red Angel since he was a kid, according to Amanda. And then my big notes here, capital N-O-O-O-O, hologram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I also, uh, it's just like, well, obviously the solution to all of this is to let's just break into his files and steal all of his personal medical records uh, because, you know parents don't have any right to know about that stuff so we yeah just, you know we yeah, have to exactly. break in well, and steal it it's the i only guess thing that makes sense. i guess it makes more sense later once you realize section 31's involved and people are covering for it but it's hard it's it's hardly written into it here right where like yeah pike pike is doing his best but there's a missing piece here where maybe the writers should have been like pike pike says you know this is kind of unusual i'm getting the runaround when i shouldn't be you know, I just don't like. I don't understand what world exists where Starfleet says, "Sorry, mom, you can't know what's happening to your child." Well, that's yeah. Burnham, in fact, says that she's like, "You're you're his next of kin." Like, the, there's no reason. Yeah. Oh, okay. Amanda can't get it. Call Sarek. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Sarek has diplomatic problem. Like, you know, like yeah. there's no way Sarek couldn't get this information, right? Right. And then, sure. it, well, it, yeah, but it, so I'm gonna give him credit here. They said this, and Amanda's like, Sarek's not going to help him. They, like, he can't, like, I'm the one that has to help him, right? Because Sarek can't sure. acknowledge Sar- that Sarek- he's having an emotional breakdown, basically. Like, sure, Sarek would say, like, oh, it's, like, it's not Vulcan of him to have this problem anyway, so I'm going to ignore it. Right, exactly. Because as we've established, Sarek, not the great father. Not the best father figure. Um the I wrote down Mind Woman here because I still hadn't remembered May's name. Uh, <laughs> drives her nuts, and then this is where she breaks down on the bridge. Yeah, so and, she doesn't start losing it on the bridge here. And uh, and we know we're finally going to get a resolution to the crazy thing, and it's not going to last all season, which is a good feeling. And uh, yeah, so it's a weird it's a weird time over there on Discovery. Bounce back to Kronos, Lorel, and Volk uh, had a son. So Ash is like, I'm going to do this thing and be a, be a human dad to your baby. Who is also an albino like Volk was. 
It's a little yeah, weird. I mean, after he's, yeah. he's, he's said he doesn't want to, he wants to be there, but he doesn't want to be there. There's a lot of drama happening on Kronos. Yeah, look, first off, you can see Ash and Laurel, sorry, yeah. or Voke and Laurel, I guess, uh, whoever. Ash Voke. Ash Voke. And, I like that. And, and Laurel. Voke are having some. Yeah, having some problems. Not Not going well. Things are not, not going so good. People don't like really, him being there. I mean, you can see it, right? Like, seems like something that would happen among Klingons. Definitely. <laughs> we just sort of didn't win a war against these people, and now the second in charge of the Empire is a human being, kind of. Yeah. Not Not going to work out. Not great. Not going to so work their, out. Their relationship already on thin ice. Yeah. And then we discover that Lorel actually had a kid with Voke before Voke underwent the like modification or whatever to be to become did Ash. You, did you catch this part where she says, "I had the baby ex utero"? Yeah, they cut it out of her, and she had it. Outside, she had it yeah. in a pod. That was kind of an interesting. Like, huh? Okay. I mean, it's the future, so of course they could do that. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh. I don't like this storyline. I'm just gonna say, I think well, this is bad. You you don't have to uh, you don't have to live with it for very long. Well, fair, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, you, you you didn't have to do this. Why did you bring the baby up here? You didn't need this. They could have just done the same thing as they were doing before, where they have relationship problems, and then the Klingons want to kill him, and so then Laurel has a change of heart because she's Klingon. You didn't need the baby at all. I, I think I, I think the, the baby's like okay. Well, we'll get. I think the baby is a bigger thing than we think it is. I guess. Well, who knows? Uh, we. I mean, you think they're going to come back to it later? I think they're going to come back to it later. Mm. He sent it away to the. Uh, I don't know, whatever spoilers. Who cares? We're doing spoilers anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At the well, end of this episode. The end of he the sends episode. it away to some magical monastery where it'll never be seen again. Right. Yeah. So no one can your... ever leave the mo- they, they say it so uh-huh. many times that I kind of don't believe it. Right? Like Burnham yeah. says it, he says or not Burnham, uh Yo, Yo says it. Uh Yeah, Giorgio. Uh Giorgio, yeah. Giorgio says it, he says it, Leland says it. Like it's so many times they're like, "You sure the baby can't leave, right? The baby can't leave. No one can come here. The baby can't." It's like I, I think that's just them reassuring you that, that Ash that, isn't a bad father, and now you oh. can be okay with his character. Uh, and See? also, like, they're trying to say definitely it's not coming back. I don't know. Okay, I don't maybe, know maybe you're right. My maybe point is, this was bad. What if they didn't do that instead, and Ash just had it a character seems fra- like flaw something for the rest of his life? Yeah. Like, well, oh, I still kind of love Laurel. That would have been a thing. But instead, now, no. It seems like they could have written the storyline where Volk, or, or sorry, uh, Ash is kidnapped instead of the baby. And, like, they use Ash to try and get her to step down. It's, it seems yeah, it's, as it's simple. It's the same scene, right? It's almost the same scene, right? You but basically just don't get to have him fighting, right? Right. Instead of her and him fighting together, you have to. You would have to have her fighting by herself for a little bit until she frees him, and then they can fight together. I, like, ugh. anyway, whatever. Yeah, this is I what we know. got. This is what we got. I I didn't like it, but I didn't, like, I don't know. They have it's to get to the same point. Things. They probably could have got to the same point a different way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I like I like where they leave it, right? Like 
Yeah, sure. I, I think that I think getting here was good because it allows Laurel to like actually do the like cling full on cling on things. stuff and yeah. and the houses have really no way of opposing her anymore. Um hopefully it means we see less Klingons, which I would actually be okay with. Um just because I don't like how they look. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I mean, I'm curious if they're going to do a whole thing about the Empire being built and, like, trying to catch it up to what we see by original I mean, I think we're gonna series see Star Trek. I think we're going to see him again. I don't see how we won't. Yeah. Like, it, it would be... It seems... It would seem silly to me for them not to show up again. Of course. So, I don't know. Um. Okay. So we jump back to Amanda and Burnham after that scene. Is this, and- the, is this the part where we find out that the angel saved Burnham when she was a child. Yes. So the first appearance of the angel was to Spock when Burnham was kidnapped, I think, or taken or something when she was lost. What, where no, was she? When she was, when she was on that, um, in that sensor that got burned down when her parents were killed. That's where Spock told Spock told Sarek that Sarek she would be there. Be there? And okay. that's why he went there. Okay. Because Spock saw the angel telling him that Burnham him would be there. That Burnham would be there. And so, so then he sent Sarek. So then apparently after Spock slammed the door on Burnham in that first scene, she says that Spock became his her little shadow. And then she was afraid of terrorists, so she hurt him. Yeah. And then Amanda comes to the conclusion that she must have done something ultra terrible for Spock not to forgive her for this long. And then she walks out on her. Yeah. I mean, the way Burnham says it, it makes it sound like she did something pretty terrible. I I agree with you. I have a little bit of trouble here. And I took notes about it because mm, I don't want to say it's only as a parent, but definitely as a parent, I don't know. You know, she considers Burnham her daughter. Mm-hmm. Or at least we've been led to believe that she considers Burnham her daughter. Maybe I mean she says this that is a at other points, character so. development that we needed to get to. But without knowing any details, she's just like, "Well, you hurt my son, so see you later." Yeah, I don't. I get that she's angry, but that's a weird. I don't know how that tracks. But it is what it is. I don't know what yeah. that means. I don't know how. I, it, it must be a way for them to have removed her from the show, I guess, so that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I because why would she just leave? Right. Yeah. Like, what she she's going to do her, on her, her own that the yeah, exactly. ship that's looking for Spock isn't going to do. She has no motivation to leave here. So there's this is like them saying. And here is this piece we needed to start this thing. Uh, what do we do with this? We're about to drop it. Throw it away. Like, I, 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 very and nonsensical from the character's perspective, right? Right. Burnham's got a ship looking for Spock. Why would, why would she, why would she go anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Stay on the ship. Yeah. They got, they got extra quarters. Put her up somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Pike's nice. He would let her stay. Pike would let her stay. Pike would absolutely let her stay, but I don't know. I don't know what that one's about. That was a, that might be the weirdest one. Um. Okay, then we get to the baby stolen and fight scene. Uh, I think 
Oh, I think we see a scene before that of Tilly oh. definitely losing it. Definitely. Oh, she breaks down and tells Burnham about May. Right. Here I have a note that said, boy, I'm sick of these camera angles. The... The like they did four or five times in this episode the spin cam, where it like starts at an angle and then spins with a character or spins on an object or spins. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like Burnham's I, I laying down this. in her bed at this point, and then then she sits up and the camera sits up with her, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> my stomach. I I didn't notice that, but it does get pretty frantic at some points here. Um as we start getting towards the end of this. Oh yes. The fran the frantic cam with Tilly. It starts bad at the beginning and gets worse by the end where she's just like, it's the, the schizo cam. Yeah. Like I'm it's freak- the insensitive I'm, way I'm to say that. I'm sorry, but uh, the, the I'm freaking out camera angle and we have to like sharp cut anytime you turn any part of your body uh, yeah. so that it just like, you can't follow anything that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Not the way I would have did it. But the the we don't have actors, so we cut it to make. Oh, that's not fair. I do. That's what it felt like to me. Okay, it's like we couldn't get the acting we wanted, so we just cut it to make it look crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that because I found her more believable when she's trying to struggle to be the Terran captain of the ship. I found her very credible. That was great. I found her very credible as an actress. That was some of the best part of season one and then this time around I, when they try to do a storyline with her i'm not finding her as credible in her yeah. struggle i don't get what the deal is with that and i just didn't like it here i think by the time well it, we get the resolution of what happens with it at the end of this but by the time we moved on to the next episode and stuff i thought it was better yeah for sure so i don't know what was up with this part it was weird maybe they struggled to put the pieces together in editing or something yeah. um but they basically said that she needs to go talk to Stamets, right? Yeah. Uh, Burnham magically intuits somehow that. Oh, because you, because Tilly cries. Happened after you were you were hit on the head, so definitely this is an engineering problem, well, Tilly, not a medical problem. Tilly cries and then says that May doesn't know what crying is, and so Burnham's like, "But everybody cries, so she must be an alien." Yeah, exactly. Like that's the. <laughs> Again, the Burnham ex machina of this show. She's she got she gets it. She's got the Burnham It's really kind of strange. Every single time there's a problem, Burnham walks into the scene and is like, Hello, I am a human Vulcan and have your solution. Did you, did you just say you've got a problem, yo, she'll solve it. Check out the beat while the DJ revolves. That's it? exactly what I said. Saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, but it's true, though. The show does this. Like, in every single episode, Burnham walks in and is like, here's the answer to your problem. I thought about this, and the answer is X, Y, Z. I heard about the problem in the turbo lift, and I have the answer already. Yeah. Yeah. And like whatever, I don't know. Star Trek always has these characters that just like yeah, Jordy walks right? in and is Jordy, like, and, Data, and, uh, or Scotty Spock. walks in and is like, Captain, I can tell you how to do X, Y, Z or whatever. It's like, but you're not gonna like it, and, <laughs> you know. But yeah, you know, it's the, the, I get it, but also yeah. like it is. It's especially egregious when the jump in logic it, it, for this one in particular is so crazy. It's like a girl, a a, a person with a potential mental illness. 
doesn't understand their emotions, this must be an alien. <laughs> That's not... What? Uh, anyway, I don't know. Whatever. I, I can't hate this too much because I liked more where it goes later, but I thought that this particular leap in logic was the biggest one I think I've seen. Oh, that's the biggest far. one <laughs> thus far. Okay, that's <laughs> the on, biggest one in some... episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets worse later. <laughs> um, and then and then we have that sweet best, fight scene, the best scene uh, in the show, uh, in this episode of the show. I'm very happy the blood is purple. Yes. I actually took a note on that, and I was like, the color is right. <laughs> the color of the blood is correct. They did a great job with that. And then I have two lines of the word yes, because Giorgio shows up, and I'm very happy she's still part of the show. I like Michelle Yeoh. I do. As an actress, she just sells that character so hard to me. She's just unbelievably slimy, and like... But in a great so way. So confident, and like, just like... It doesn't matter what you do. I'm here and I'm going to do my thing. It's, it's great. <laughs> she's just yeah, so she's just every you know, part it, of what you would expect a section 31 officer to be. Philippa Giorgio super spy the show. I think I might like better than this one. <laughs> I really could it could be season 3 Star Trek Discovery section 31 the subtitle, right? And like mm-hmm. we and then we get well hopefully we stick with what we got where it's like a three-part series. You got a little bit on Discovery, you got a little bit of the Klingons, and 40 minutes of Philippa Giorgio, the the After Adventures. <laughs> the the new Terran Empress. I, I put at the end of this, uh, this is now a Section 31 appreciation pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how I feel about that after after episode five, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciated it here for sure. Not I certainly lie. thought at this point that she was section 31. Yeah, I did. It definitely. I thought that too here. I got the feeling like, like, oh, they had, like they founded 31 for her. Well, we knew, like the, we, know, we, we knew based on season one of discovery that section 31 already existed because there were section 31 officers protecting Stamets's lab on the discovery. Were there? Okay. I yes. didn't I didn't make that connection before. I but think. I got the impression that the Admiral was like, You're the Terran Emperor. You're now in charge of Section thirty one, which I thought was a crazy leap, but I liked it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's like, would she accept a post as like a lowly operative having been the emperor before? You know, how far down can you make the emperor step? I'm, I'm the not emperor's not going to accept your job offer. <laughs> I'm I'm relatively convinced your point will be taken against Mr. Leland at some point. It, possibly with a knife. And <laughs> I mean, she already has threatened him by the end of season five or episode five here. <sighs> okay uh more thoughts on three three is a relatively straightforward episode other than the intuitive yeah. leaps yeah i mean the, it, again the the intuitive leaps and they get worse i think as these episodes go on which is why like you and i both said i think both of us started taking less notes as it went on as it just became clear it's time to just buckle in and stop and turn off the brain because there's there's no intention of letting this roller coaster go so yeah it's much more narrative through these arcs than TNG really is. Oh yeah. TNG builds it, a narrative. It more, of than its... the, 
even Char- more than the early episodes of Discovery, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say those first like half of this first half of the first season of Discovery was kind of like, will they or won't they do a, a show of the week kind of thing? Yeah. And then they they stumbled in on the you know the spore stuff and the Terran stuff later. Man, but, the spore stuff. Oh. Well, speaking oh. of spore stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about this spore stuff when I say, oh. Yeah. Can we just shut down the spore drive forever, please? Well, I suspect we're going to get there. Yeah, it sounds like they finally have written a way to actually shut down the spore drive. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, this, definitely, this is it. They're, they're definitely starting on that path of like, this is bad. And it's immoral. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thankfully I didn't ruin too much of the show for you because finally you see Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. Uh, you know, number one, number one and chief, she mentions chief Bouvier. I don't know if you caught this. Nope. Really funny reference here where they say, the, oh, I'm sorry you're in dry dock sitting around with the Enterprise. I know that you'd rather be out here in space with me, but you need to take care of my ship. And she says, don't worry, Chief Bouvier, I think is what she says, has got it. Like, he's got, he's got the Enterprise on lock. I don't think we'll ever have another chief that loves the Enterprise as much as him. Which, clearly, <laughs> if you know Scotty... Is wrong. Yeah. I did not catch that, and I love that now. <laughs> I, I also love the follow-up line, which fr- comes from Pike, where he's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And then she tells him what's wrong with the Enterprise, and he's like, that dang hologram system, just rip it out. We're going with view screens. I love that part. And they're just like, we're just going to tear it all out? The Enterprise, yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah. They The Enterprise will not have holograms, thanks to Captain Pike. You're welcome. Kirk keeps up it. the tradition. I love it. Every part of that is good. Of like, yes. Hey, we added this hologram thing, but we got to worry about the the later the, seasons of this. It is the like it's it's good fan service. It, right? it really is. It really is it, like because then you have to imagine that every captain of the Enterprise going forward must be adhering to Pike's order on not having holograms on board it's kind of like a battlestar yeah. galactica thing of like don't network the ship right yeah exactly. you know like right it's gotta be they have to have i don't know i i want to build my own fan fiction about why there's no holograms on the enterprise <laughs> by the time like you get the to the e that, and f you know you know maybe we get to some point and the federation just bans them because everyone realizes they hate them yeah i know right? <laughs> it's, it's like um you know uh i try to think what the parallel is like in the 90s phone companies tried to make people do video calling all the time yeah it was a thing they wanted yeah. to make work and no one liked it yeah well i mean and i remember they stopped doing it because no one liked it i remember in like the mid 90s palm pilots were coming out Mm-hmm. You know, and like they were so intrinsically awful to use because the technology just hadn't gotten good enough. You know, you had to use the pen, you had to tap the screens really hard. Every screen shifted to a new screen. It was like an e ink screen that we have now, where like there was nothing you could do to use them quickly. They took so long. And so, like, yeah, maybe the fan fiction is 
actually these holograms kind of are really unreliable and kind of suck and they can be hacked and like or like the holograms just like aren't good and the the people using them are bad and so you just get like oh i was sorry i didn't like you know normal people non-starfleet officers or whatever just end up hating them because like it's too easy to like turn on a hologram of you on the shitter or something like <laughs> people just don't like them it's so like zoom music of it Star- yeah it's starfleet gets rid of it too because no one likes it like, yeah what? starfleet's like man these holograms it's just like such a security threat people are always in our hologram calls yeah <laughs> oops that we keep appearing to the captain while he's in his ready room like and they see sensitive information like yeah. okay we yeah. gotta stop this yeah it's pretty funny so number one is looking into spock for him um and she says it's a conspiracy oh boy and that's about all we get out of rebecca romaine other Bye. than that she eats hamburgers with oh, yeah, shakes with, uh- a hamburger, a milkshake, and what was it like habanero sauce or something? Yeah. She said, mm-hmm. "That sounds like a hamburger I would like." Not gonna lie, I would eat it. I would eat it. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, uh, we get uh, a new security officer about- from the Enterprise named Commander Non, and let's talk about yes. what. Oh uh, no, we keep talking about the security officer. That's I don't. Good. I don't know anything about her other than that she pops up in the middle of this, and now she's around. But hey, they said her name very clearly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Saru has a cold, which but doesn't talk about track later. It Just doesn't? remember, he woke up with a cold, and then they get grabbed out of warp by a blob. Hmm. Well, I was actually going to talk about Tilly's blob. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Tilly blob. Because I think that happens first, right? Mm, no. No? No? Well, they grabbed the blob out of Tilly at the end of the third episode? Or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's kind of like a whatever moment. Anyway, Tilly, maybe it's here. No. Yes? I think it is here. I think it is here. Yeah, they, I think it's they here. Find out she's in, they find out she is infected with it at the end of the last one. Right. And then they rip then it out of her like, with this one. They rip it out of her here. And so there's this little like blob in containment or whatever. Yeah. And then it escapes later. She's effect- infected by a thing from the mycelial network. A, yeah, a mycelial. symbiotic fungus or something. Yeah. Hooray. It was an alien, like we said. No, it was at the end of three because Saru uh, is in the. He's in Stamets' lab when they find it. So it has to be at the end of three. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. It truly, truly doesn't. You're right. right. Uh, so Saru is already sick. And then they get grabbed out of the warp by another blob. Lots of blobs in the episode. A lot of blobs in this episode, yeah. Very blobby. Interesting thing, I guess. Uh, in space you would be a blob I don't really there's no reason to have a shape yeah. I wasn't mad about the this blob thing uh, it's pretty frenetic this episode I wish it was way less frenetic there's a lot of like panic TNG would be very calm about this kind of thing yeah they would all, they would all go into a wet, the ready room or the meeting room right and sit around at the table and everyone would have a discussion 
Picard would be like, all right, Worf, what do you think we should do? We should shoot, shoot it. it. Okay, great. Riker, what do you think we should do? We shoot should call it. for backup. Okay. <laughs> Jordy, what do you think we should do? We should study it. Great. Data, what do you think we should do? You should talk to it. Okay. Troy, do you feel anything? You know, they would go around the table. That would be, they'd have all a discussion, and then Picard would pick, shoot it, or call for backup or whatever. Yeah. And that would be the, that would be the, the story. Instead, Instead, we get a lot of, like, characters not talking to each other and running around making decisions. Yeah. Um everyone's flying around and Pike doesn't seem to have control really of their, other yeah. than like, good. I like your idea. Go for it. Whatever, whatever. I don't know what we're supposed to do here. We're losing Spock because they're tracking Spock at this point in time. Right. And so the, the, this massive sphere blob thing rips them out of warp somehow magically and then proceeds to like assault the ship kind yes. of with this some like sort of sonic and virus thing sonic virus or whatever and it's there's a funny moment where everyone starts speaking weird languages i did actually like that i did too or like uh, the uh, uh owo and the uh helms lady yeah where uh, like owo's like am i speaking <laughs> like what is that russian pike starts speaking russian? french in the middle of a ready room meeting it was very good. And yeah. the, uh, you know, the, like, uh, the, the Helms person was like, why is this terminal in Arabic? But she said it in like Italian or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like pretty good. That pretty whole good. scene was funny. Jet Reno reappears randomly. Hey, she wasn't, we thought she wasn't on the ship anymore, but we were wrong. Weird. Right. Are, is she just going to be a bit character? I think so. I think so, based on this. Because then in episode five, she's gone again, right? She doesn't come back in five, or she does for a minute. Hmm, was she in five? I'm trying to remember. I don't. Maybe she was standing around in the engineering room for a minute. For a minute, I think. But like, hmm. You know? I hmm. think this is. I think. I think. The reason I think she's here is they felt like they needed an actual engineer because Stamets is like a biologist at this point, right? Right. But she's not the chief engineer. So, like... No. She has no power. She's just the, like, I like machines. Right. She's like she's like Donatello in that Donatello does machines and is smart. She also loves insulting people, apparently. That's not like Donatello, though. And is very wry when people try to insult her back. Yeah. She's just like, I'm unassailable, bro. Can't can't harsh my groove, man. Yeah, she's like a really burnt out hippie. She's but. a very burnt out hippie. That is a good description cuz like she's definitely not high. No. Yeah. But she just so she's is like, not having anything at all. Yeah. She's just like I I'm disillusioned but still like punk rock, man. Woo. <laughs> She's a she's a retired punk. Yeah, something. Man. Something's going I, on there. Uh, everything goes mad wrong, and the thing escapes and attaches itself to Tilly again. But yeah, this time on the outside. On the outside. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! And then I stopped taking notes. I wrote. Uh, I wrote Tilly's blob becomes Tilly the blob. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought that, that was funny of me. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't like I don't like what it implies that people don't know what's happening in the episode, so that can't be the episode title. But uh, <laughs> it's funny. That it is funny. It uh, the the sphere start. Uh, Saru somehow intuits that the sphere is talking, not like assaulting them or something, and then says, "Oh wait, it must be a last contact." No man. Uh, is is it Saru? Because I think this is another Burnham this is solved Burnham it. Ex, Burnham X Machina here. Uh, I, I didn't think, write down who said it. No, I think but, you're. No, you're right that Saru says this is the last contact. But Burnham's the one that seems to like give him the idea that like because Saru is dying, it must mean the Blob is dying. Like, right? We're so emotionally connected to the that, universe. Though. Okay, but it's like. There's this weird, like, f- the love... The blob triggers his death process or something. Yeah, yeah. He's dying because the blob is dying. And it's like, this is where I start to get into... Saru was already sick before they were at the blob. I don't... Pre-sickness, man. Pre-knowing. That's he... how in tune he was. He knew the future. Man. Dude. We are yeah. so emotionally connected to other beings that I'm dying because the blob is dying. I, it's a bad species, man. Yeah. Well, kind of is a bad species. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This Saru Burnham uh, also, love fest like, happens two also, times in this episode, and both times it goes on way too long. Yes. A hundred thousand percent agree. Way too also, long. I, it, I almost stopped taking notes because I was just like, I can't focus on this i don't care what they're saying and then thankfully my ears picked out that it was a last contact (laughs) also uh is last contact a thing that's not a thing right i've never heard that before i get the idea of like oh i want to be remembered in the future so that i have like that's a thing i've never ever heard anyone say last contact like that was a thing that people would know or understand the concept of if you just said it I don't think that it's a thing that I've ever heard in Star Trek before, but they've definitely had episodes in multiple series about like epitaphs to a forgotten this or dying idea, thing. right? Totally, yeah. totally. And never once did they ever say last contact because that's not a thing and no one knows what that is. But Burnham here <laughs> says it and, it, and the captain's like, "Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Explain what it is." I think Pike is more. You got to give Pike a little more credit. She's like. You but need he's to pretty like skeptical let, about the whole Yes, idea. you need to let this thing do whatever it's going to do to our ship. And he's like, no, we're going to shoot that it. Seems, he's <laughs> like, that seems like a bad idea. Let's prepare yeah. the torpedoes. Also, Spock's your brother and he's getting away. So, like, we should go. And then, uh, you know, they do the whole, like, convince the captain moment that they do all the time. Yeah. Uh, seems to be Pike's role is to just be convinced to do things. Convinced to do what Burnham says? Basically, yeah. Um, and then they do it. The blob is dying. It sends thousands and thousands of years of data to the discovery and then explodes 1.21 gigawatts. Uh, but it doesn't kill them. It uses its reverse polarity field to push them backwards. It saves them at the last moment. Um, two things happen at the end here. One, they drill a hole in Tilly. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. We got it. Trepanation is definitely safe and certainly something you could do with a heated drill bit 
and not a lot of pain. I'm pretty sure that's how it would go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they had a med kit, so maybe they had her, like, dosed <sighs> up or something. But, yeah, it's bad. They said the blob dosed her up. I, I can't imagine how much it would hurt to have a drill bit go through your head. I mean, probably a lot, I'm pretty sure. They do it in one and a half seconds, and there's no blood. Oh, there's, like, a tiny little bit of blood, yeah. Right, okay. No, Again. At no time do either of those two people go... We could wait a few minutes for a doctor to show up. Yeah, what if we used the intercom and talked to the doctor? And now I know they're like, oh, at this point, engineering is like kind of sealed because of like whatever weird, there was a weird thing that happened. Power surge thing. I still don't even understand what they, because they tried to unpower surge the door with a link of gas. I even didn't take notes about it. It was so so nonsensical. What they and tried didn't to do, work and then anyway, it didn't so. work anyway, and you're like, what was the point of this? Just yeah, to shock I didn't take any notes about any of that, I because there was no point. I don't understand. Yeah, the, the whole point was to have an electric shock so that you could, they had to, to free the blob. And, yeah. yeah, to free the blob. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And uh, and Tilly uh, Nat then gets, like, blob blobicized. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird, because, like... The ship got attacked. Why didn't the blob just escape when the ship got attacked? Well, I mean, you see why later, but you didn't know at this point. I guess. I just don't. The whole point is that the blob doesn't want to leave. The blob wants to stay, as we no, find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I just mean, like, they had to do this whole convoluted thing about, like, shocking the gas line or whatever, when they could have just yeah. been, like, and when the ship got hit with the pulse, you know, like... It sealed the engineering deck. Yeah, I <laughs> like, don't... I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of like over overwriting sometimes. Just let the natural flow of things that you've already written do the work for you. Yeah. You don't need a tech way to do the thing that was already a thing. Drill so, a hole in Tilly and they talk to May a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the blob overtake her at the end of this? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. That that's their point, right? Like their point of doing this was so they could talk to May, and that's when May, like once May gets her, like she tries to or jet tries to burn May off of her, right? And then and May, that's when May goes full cocoon, the blob, and then cocoons her. Yeah, yeah, and then she's gone. Mm-hmm. And Saru doesn't die. Even though we go through another love fest death scene where Burnham is like, you can't she has possibly to murder him because now he's he's he, he wants to he wants to die peacefully. So we have to do a euthanasia thing. Yeah, and except that then magically, right as she's about to stab him, he gets better. Well, his he's she's supposed to cut his ganglia off, which will kill him. I uh, so the idea I thought was that the pain centers were in the ganglia and you cut them off so that he can die peacefully. Oh, okay. Got it. That was what I understood. Uh, instead, they just fall out, which is disgusting. It was gross. And also then he apparently is no longer afraid of anything ever. And he feels empowered. I tried, I rewatched his little speech here two times at the end to try and feel a connection to what 
the show writers were trying to say about Saru. Mm -hmm. And I feel like his previous character was at times good, but mostly bad. And so I had a hard time seeing this whole episode as a way to make Saru not suck. I think you're right. Because now he can be a character that you can't write the scene. Every scene he's in, you'd have to write remembering that he's an abject coward. Right. And now they don't have to remember to do that anymore. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I... Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to take away. I, I really, it's, it's Star Trek growth, but it sucks, right? So it's like it is say like, hey, we designed this species and all these people with all these like traits and stuff, but now in the the example of the species that we have, we're going to change that because it's inconvenient. That's the thing that I kept coming back to. I tried to, I tried to sit on this, and this is my big note for episode four, I guess. I tried to yeah, sit I mean, on the end. So. Yeah, it's at the very end, and and that's and that's kind of like when you're left at the end of this. Okay, there's the story beat of like Tilly is taken to the mycelial network, and magically the blob has tracked Spock for us. Like those are the story yeah. beats, right? Wow, that was pretty nice of it to yeah. know that we were but, doing that. But those are the story beats, and then you're left with the Trek character beats of like, how did we advance these characters? How did we advance our universe? How do we advance? our understanding of ourselves or whatever you want to say about the goals of Trek sometimes. And I tried to sit on this and I hope, I don't know if you did too, but I tried to sit on this in the the vein of what does it mean for this character specifically to have gone through almost death and to lose fear as a constant motivator and all this type of stuff. And I, and I wanted to sit on it, in some sort of revelatory way or some sort of like character development way. And what I kept coming back to is like, this really feels like a convenient way to take away what, what you said was the most definitive character trait of this character in a way that he doesn't have to grow. Yeah. He doesn't oh, have to fight his nature anymore. We initiated a biological change to allow him to have a character arc. And it's more like at the end of season one, I almost liked Saru because I had this understanding that he was sitting in the captain's chair as the XO, right? On their way to Vulcan or whatever. But he was going to sit in that captain's chair and have to overcome his personal nature every single time he made a decision. Yeah. That's an incredible thing to have to write. And it's probably very hard, but to say to a character and a species, like I don't like this because it means, well, the answer was always in his biology. There's no, mental capacity he would have to overcome his fear overcome his cowardice it's just the universe was doing that to him and and so whatever this biological process is has now saved him from himself it's like oh my god really it it is a 
and and the the unfortunate part is that they do it so nakedly here, right? Like the way it was written is so broadly obvious that this is what they wanted. They really didn't like every time they had Saru on the bridge having to be like, "Okay, he's scared. How can we make it say that he's scared but yes, he's fighting it?" Like they didn't like that that process, right? And I guess I get it. But also, like, that's the character you guys made. You made the character to do that. You didn't have to do that. You could have just not made it that way. Or just, it didn't have to be as strong as it was, right? You could have backed off of it and said, yeah. like, there's there's a room here. Make it a, make it a personal growth instead of a biological even if, growth. Right, right, even if you want to get rid of the ganglia so that you don't have to animate it anymore, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Sure. That's fine. Do this arc, maybe somewhat, but like, there's room to have backed off and said, like, you know, you're you were conditioned to believe to be afraid all the time. Like yeah. you said, you, you know, they, his he knows his species is is basically livestock. So, yeah, of course you'd be afraid all the time. And so you could back off the idea that biologically we're engineered to be terrified of everything. And just you were told to be afraid of everything, you know? And like use the ganglia as an excuse if you want, but like there's a character arc here that could have been written that's you know, those ganglia falling off just means you you need to determine your own threats now. Like there's no just like how everyone else does. Right, you know? exactly. It is a it, it it turns him more human, which is actually like a good thing, right? It, it lets you explore more sides of his his emotional range and his character and stuff. But but you didn't need to get here by having some like near death experience and magical like biological process. You could have just had him get there with emotions and discussion. <laughs> it would have been just as good, maybe better, probably yeah. better. I just they came out so strong here at the end that they're just saying that the ganglia are gone and for the first time in my life i don't just feel afraid sitting here is fine i think that's a that is a statement that you could envision a human making being like for the first time in my life i'm not afraid like that's a thing people say in movies and stuff in these kinds of situations they keep going where it's like i am now have my own power i now know that i you know like my people mm-hmm. are suffering from this biological deficiency that's not true. And I struggle with this and I would love someone to write in that, that believes more in this transformation than I do, or well, maybe I can reach out to somebody that believes you know, more in it than I do. Uh, I think maybe you need to wait until episode six. Okay. <laughs> I know okay. you don't watch the. I don't know you don't watch the next on. I do not. Um, You're right. Yeah. And so, let's table the discussion of Saru until we've seen episodes. Okay. Ten four. Ten four word. We will move on. So he doesn't die though. That's good. He um, doesn't die. I I don't mind him being on the show still. Although the sweaty blue yeah. stuff he was doing, I don't want to see again. Yeah. Let's never go back into his quarters either. I, that was too gross for me. I didn't yeah. like it. Um. All right, so and now episode five opens, um, and Tilly gets 
gets yanked into the cocoon again, right at the end. Right, and uh, right. transported away somehow. Well, we don't find that out yet, but right. basically... We spend way too much time trying to do it. And then they discover that somehow, magically, it's a biological transporter, which is a thing now, apparently. Yeah. Did, we, did you catch that they changed the opening a little bit? I finally noticed it in episode five here. Um, they did? Yeah, the, the red angels now in the opening and a couple other things from this... Uh, like the bat, the combat or the not combat. Well, we find out they are combat. Just <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention that. Uh... Yeah. So then, yeah. So uh, the the Starfleet badge changes into a Section Thirty One badge. Like a lot of weird asides have been added in the opening. You mean in the opening? Just... Yeah. For oh, this, I, yeah. Season. I definitely didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. Um. Yeah. So Tilly's gone. They catch up to Spock. They think, yep. who fires on their ship, so they disable it. And wouldn't uh, you know? So this, hold on. Here's my favorite part. Not my favorite part. One of the dumb parts of this episode is Pike's like ready a class five torpedo and what's detonated a class- it. Oh, what is a class five torpedo? Class, <laughs> I'm like, what's a class five torpedo? I don't know, dude. But Pike does. What's a class <laughs> five torpedo? That's what he says. Memory. He's like detonated like a hundred feet before the Alpha. ship. Okay. I remember hearing that and I sort of. It's a class five torpedo. man. I sort of wrote it off as like, I don't. I don't think the torpedoes have classes like that. They just have torpedoes. Mm-hmm. The memory alpha page is one, two, three sentences long. Uh huh. It's a class of torpedo used by cross field class starships. So basically we don't know what this is. It's only been used on Discovery. Yeah. And it's only been used uh and then it describes and then it describes what happens in the Discovery episode. <laughs> it's yeah. literally never been mentioned before. Not once. They've modified the fuses on torpedoes before. That's oh, a thousand a percent. That's yeah. not a problem, right? Like it's happened tons of times through Star Trek. It's a very cool callback where Burnham's like we should modify a torpedo. Shoot. They you did it. Shoot at Spock. They did it. They did it in the last one, right? In yeah. episode four, and I forgot to mention it. But there's a Spock modifies torpedo in uh, undiscovered country, and she Burnham modifies the torpedo in uh, in the last in the episode four. And so, like, that's cool, right? A little pairing, whatever. Moving on, yeah. class five torpedo. Class five torpedo. Sorry, class- I, that was my note because it was so dumb it is um, that, that to me those one of those moments right one it's one of those moments where you're like who edited that like where is the person that has watched all the star trek in that writer's room that read that and said why is this a class five torpedo can't it just be a proton torpedo yeah or maybe they don't have They'd- proton torpedoes yet Yeah, they shot torpedoes at stuff before. They this. have. They just call them torpedoes. Ugh. Bad. Ugh. Uh, I think actually your answer to that question is there is no one. Oh, there's in that writer's be. room. Someone's in there that knows Star, Star Trek. Trek. Nah, uh, I don't believe it. Also, I believe there are a lot of people in there that know Star Trek. I don't believe that there are a lot of people in there that like love it the way you and I do. Okay, but look, first of all, if you're gonna name it a class torpedo. Wouldn't you want a class one torpedo where it's less yield? Yeah, the least torpedo. You want <laughs> the smallest class torpedo. Class five torpedo seems like a Sounds lot of good, yield. Man. 
Yeah, it sounds bad. It sounds big. You don't want that. Or, like, if we're going to make up torpedoes, why don't you have an EMP torpedo? Sure. That seems like it'd be better. Or just making up torpedoes, and you got to animate some kind of explosion, so make an EMP torpedo. There's no reason to call it a class anything. You just call it a torpedo and say, blow it up, you know, 100 feet before the thing. It would have been fine. No one would have said anything. Yeah, I don't. All right, so we get, like, a, a clip of Giorgio on the Section 31 ship here. Uh, so, no, so first Giorgio comes I off know. the... the. Oh, right, she's, no, yeah, she's they pull the, the shuttle in. Yeah. She's the one in the shuttle. She's the one in the shuttle. Burnham almost shoots her. And uh, <laughs> every moment so good, that though. she's on the screen, I love. I don't... I, <laughs> the scene where all the... Everyone's lasers are, are, has their phasers pointed at the shuttle. The door opens... She walks out. Everyone puts their lasers down. Burnham raises it higher. <laughs> There's a really good walk and talk here. Um, yeah, I like that scene. With, oh, with but Burnham I think I'm and, jumping ahead, but let's just go straight to the walk and talk. There's a really the good walk and talk. The one with the one with Pike and Burnham and Giorgio. Where he it might be here. Nope. It might be here, but he's trying to reconnect with her. He's like, hey, we were at the academy together. Yeah, I was here. Yeah. This is good because we start good. to finally get Pike as a character rather than just a captain. Mm-hmm. You can see him feeling out why Giorgio is there without ever asking. And that yeah. when she answers his questions, he's not satisfied. Yeah, you can tell. Right? He asks the question. He's like, "Remember back in the 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 my folksy attitude is going to throw you off here." Was I tell you how I am asking you this question about our old college days? And when you deflect the question, don't answer it at all, and like, you know, just start like, "Ha ha, I know something is up." Yeah, exactly. It was good. It was really good. Uh, and you could see like Burn doesn't clearly not paying attention doesn't get it until pike explains it to her later <laughs> yeah pike's like Giorgio's off i something's weird here and obviously she reveals that she's section 31 in the ready room there yeah uh mm-hmm. which you know he kind of gets but like but then she's, that, that doesn't you can she, tell he doesn't buy it because it doesn't square with his memory of her right exactly she's he's like this is not, she's not a section 31 captain. I don't understand what's happening here, basically. Right. And so and then, like, like, which is the opposite of what happens when his friend that is in section 31 contacts him. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, of course that guy would be in section 31. <laughs> because course. like, you know, there's a, there's a past there and we haven't figured out all of it. And right. we, I don't think we really get all of it by the end either, but no. we definitely, you can see there's something going on and he totally believes that guy would be section 31 pike yeah this is the opening salvo of why pike is going to be a really good captain i think okay so we find out the pod is a transporter and tilly is in the upside down yes tilly's in the upside down mycelial network and may now asks her to kill a monster for them i wrote after she said monster i wrote uh. <laughs> you didn't like Stranger Things, Andrew? No? I, I like Stranger Things. That show already exists. Uh-huh, yeah. 
What about the Star Trek one, though? This one. Yeah. So she tours her around and shows her that she's trying to bring her in because someone is killing the mycelial network. Even though she's already said that Discovery bouncing through the mycelial network is killing the network. Apparently now there is also a monster. Right. Uh, Woohoo. Yeah. We get Ash being assigned as a permanent-ish yeah, Section 31 was, liaison. And this is uh, maybe a good return of a character to the Discovery. We'll get I didn't, to... I, I didn't hate this. I didn't hate... The, the posting of Ash here makes sense from the, like, Section yeah, 31 this wants is, to keep tabs yep, on these people. Yep. This is what oh. I'm saying. This is a good use of an old character. Let's just keep Ash. it at that until we get to the rest of it. Ashes, Ash is Sex 31. They're doing some weird stuff on Discovery. Sex 31 wants to keep tabs on him. Put Ash there. He needs to be you yeah. know, kept out of the limelight anyway because of who he is. Right. This makes sense. Right. Put him back on the Discovery. He's been there before. People know. It lo- I love the looks. They, they Every single actor perfected him, their looks. Yes. They, they give him a look. Every, everyone. He every, walks, he's sitting there in the break room and people walk out and they're like, they, they give him a face. It's, the extras. Everybody, every single person. I don't know who directed this episode, but they nailed getting everybody to look at him the right way. Yeah. And even the people on the bridge while they're working with him and he's just standing there. Yeah. He, he is like, the Pike most. And Pike is like, uh, the liaison has to stay here and be quiet. I love that moment where Ash is like ready to be like, I'm the dude that followed Lorca everywhere. And, and Pike's just like no following me go away liaison protocol please stay here (laughs) yeah i love that that's really good it's like we're not we're not falling back on our old traditions here of like the way we wrote this show pike's the different captain you're not getting away with whatever you used to get away with but i i that's good that was a really good and he's super duper intuitive that guy pike um so they decide they're going to use the discovery as a doorstop. Yes, I just wrote doorstop in all caps. Yes, <laughs> I, because, like you said, Pike's folksiness kicks in here, and we get Bur- we got Burnham knows what to do. The moment, and uh, I- Stamets, Stamets, and Burnham give a huge briefing about what they're going to do to to break open the network and rescue Tilly. Yes, and. <laughs> Pike sums it up in like, so you're gonna use my ship as a doorstop. Yeah, I. You know what? And in the grand tradition of everything in Star Trek having to be explained in a fun metaphor, I didn't hate this that much. I thought the whole idea was stupid, but you know what? When Pike said that, I was like, "All right, yeah, yeah this is yeah, you dumb folksy metaphor got me. This is all right." <laughs> The plan that I thought was really dumb and the whole idea of it being stupid, like eh, calling it a doorstop. All right, I'm in. I'm in. You got me. <laughs> and uh, the, the the effects of it look pretty cool, too. Once they actually like they move all the people to one side. Really? I I hated. I hate. I'm, hate's a strong word. I didn't hate. I was huffing a little bit about this whole going into the network to save Tilly thing. Mm-hmm. I hated it later. 
Yes. Uh, but I, I was huffing about it a little bit because I'm kind of like, oh, God, we're going to have an upside down thing and whatever. But, like, the moment that he's like, uh, we're going to move everyone to one side of the ship and dip this thing in the other side. And if you yep. cross the network, you're dead. And I was yep. like, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, it was really the only safe place to cross is in the magic chamber it reminded yeah it reminded me of that voyager episode where they're all hiding in the nacelles Mm, yeah it was kind of like that kind of moment where i'm like okay all right we've been here before this is not new just a different technology uh tilly themed horror with her and may running around the ship looking looking for guns and the monster uh, the monster, which apparently attacks Discovery every time it jumps. <sighs> I thought when it started making noise that we were going to get something real cool. I don't know what you... Did you have a theory on to what the monster was? So I did, but it was something totally else than what it ended up being. I, I thought it was like some kind of like alien or parasite or something that Discovery had brought into the network. Like, I thought it was the like amoeba or something that then grew into something crazy. I thought it was the alternate reality stamens. Oh, that would have been fun because you know whatever he got lost in the network or something, and he turned he in threw that guy into the sun. N- n- no, I think no. that he. I they threw Lorca into the sun. They threw Lorca into the sun. I don't. I'm gonna have to look up what happened to Terran stamens. Maybe Lorca killed him. I can't remember. Did Stamets kill Stamets? Stamets did not kill Stamets. I don't remember if Lorca killed Stamets, but I thought he wanted him alive. I I feel like I remember evil Terran Stamets being killed. Hmm. He was the one that was poisoning the network because he was drawing all the power out to make that huge crazy ship or whatever. Right, and I thought he like got... Sucked into the network or something. Hmm. I can't. I don't remember. Remember what happened to him. Man. Oh, well. If you remember, you know email us at podcastweavergamers.com. Anyway, that was my working theory at the time when it started making noise. I was like, it's going to be some sort of weird alternate reality version of a monstrous Stamets or something like that. But instead. Oh, God. It was much worse. <laughs> it was it was a thousand percent worse. <sighs> hey, do you remember that character that people liked, and there was a really emotional death and and stuff from the first season? And, remember all that? And the death of that Art. character has driven one of the other characters since then to become a different yeah. person. Yeah, it was like a, a lot of character growth and stuff. There was a a much like much like in TNG, a character died early on and. And we were very surprised by it, and they stuck by it for a while. And then... It's Hugh! <sighs> He's back! So, I I held out hope. I held out hope for something that would happen here, and it started to happen here. Uh, you're going to talk about so they, they find out that it's Hugh. So they find out they it's Hugh, and he's him, then, yeah. They, yeah they they, the, the, the May tries to we'll kill just, him. We'll just take him back with us. Everything's going to be great. Yeah. And then they, we'll take your monster away. No more problems. Yay! And Stamets pulls him across the barrier 
and he can't come across the barrier because he's only energy, man. Now he was built in the mycelial network, so he can't it'll leave. Work outside because it's from another dimension. Even yep. though, even though May from the other dimension survived just fine by infecting Tilly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to talk about that. <sighs> so in the midst of. You're out of time, and everybody's screaming at them. We have nine million minutes of them explaining why he can't cross, Mm -hmm. having a very emotional and very good goodbye. Yes. I liked this part. I thought it was going to be that he had to leave him there, and it sucked, and it was going to suck. It was very good. There was that moment of cringeworthy, oh, no, why is it Hugh? And then he can't cross. And even though we're quote unquote out of time and all that, we still and have the nine minutes. Like, you know, you have to let me go. You have to let me go, I, dude. I because have to sacrifice myself because I'm killing these people here. I'm I ki- can't stay. Yep. I need to go. Yeah, you need to go because the ship, you can't let people die for me on the ship. Right. You're going to, you know, tarnish my memory you, and what yeah. I stood for and oh all this. God. It was great. Very good scene. And everyone has accepted it. And there's literally. A pause where all the characters are just like, so I guess we're leaving. And then Burnham opens her mouth. The deus ex Burnham sweeps in. And you're just like, and I wrote in large capital letters, no, don't try to save him, please, God. This is the Darth Vader no scream. Is a huge no scream for me. Yeah, didn't like it. And they unwrite maybe the most seminal moment so far in the show. Cool. To bring back a character that kind of had nothing to do before and will have nothing to do again. Well, they have to have a doctor. Now they have, they had a doctor. They had a very nice Asian female doctor. I don't know her name, so I'm just trying to describe her. (laughs) They had to have a doctor with a name. And so now they do. It's bad. I, this is terrible. It's terrible. It's really, it took, this is what I was saying earlier. I really like re-adding Ash to, to the, the discovery. Mm-hmm. It was a good way to do it. Because, because he's he was a, a character, character that was out of place. Yep. And had to be out of the limelight because yep. people knew who he was. And putting him back on the place where everyone already knew that problem and kind of grappled with it over some time makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it furthers the goals of Section 31 and a whole bunch of other things. Like, it lines up and makes sense. This is just a, like, the writers were like, let's resurrect a character people liked. That's all I see with this. It makes no sense. I I debate last episode whether or not the Saru thing is good. I'm trying to see it as a good thing, but I I debate it on the merits of writing and, like, character development. This is just straight up terrible. Yeah, this is garbage. This is, like barely above fan fiction level writing it's terrible it's like you know we got to bring that culbert guy back why because because we got to bring that culbert guy back it's like let a character die he was he's cool dead like why and he's 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 good he's good is nice yeah he's he's good as a, a memory he was fine when Stamets saw him in the network and, and interacted with him. He's fine as a character that you could use as flashbacks. He's fu- He's a good actor. People like him. Let the character die. He had nothing to do. 
Nope. Ash, now you're going to have to write a scene where he comes. This is purely to make it awkward between him and Ash to create tension on the ship. Now Stamets is going to find out that that Ash is back and they're going to hate each other. This is garbage. Yeah. It garbage. Is. You're right. It's bad. I, I, I'm furious at this. I, I don't know what else to say other than that it makes... I, we've got to watch the rest of the season and there better be some redeeming quality to having Hugh in this season to have overwritten an extremely important death that you could have been using to develop a character for years. I'm sorry. I feel very strongly about this. Clearly. Uh, but you know what? It, hey, uh, I, at this point, like I told you, I had gone full nothing matters anymore mode. Yeah, you're in YOLO. Uh, yeah, and you know, look, it's not, I don't like it. It's bad. <laughs> all right, let's get back to the good stuff that happens towards the end of this. First of all, Tyler's got a badge communicator. Yeah, I guess. And Pike, cool. Pike goes, no, no, no. what the heck is that? When he taps it to ask for help. Yeah, that was so fun. It was really good. Where he like, he's like, okay, things are really bad here. And taps the communicator. He's like, we need help. And Pike's like, what is going on? Yeah, I loved that, actually. And the... Uh, Oh, does that ship asteroid decloak an asteroid? Does that ship to you look like a Romulan warbird? Okay, so it looks the original like something... one. Wait, the original one? Yeah, so from the original series, the Romulan. Um, you saw one in Picard too. What's it called? It's not. It's not the called... big. The bigger ones, not the like, not the big one, the wave. little flat one. What's it? Is it called it a warbird? Me, it didn't remind me of any. The warbird is the like big dual. No, what's the thing. what's the Romulan one that's flat with the nacelles on the sides? I know what you're talking about. I don't. It didn't remind me of that. It looked exactly like it to me. It reminded me of a Romulan like, Romulan bird of prey. It looks exactly okay. like a Romulan bird of prey. Huh. It it didn't strike me as Romulan. It's got the same fin. It's got everything. I'm looking them both up. I know that's research. But Ruined I'm trying to find the name of the the ship that they... There's the four. Anyway, I'll, I'll go, you look it up. I'm okay, going to keep yeah, talking. Yeah, go the, uh, so they, they decloak an asteroid, and Section 31 helps them from sliding into the door while all of this garbage with Hugh is going on. And they event like attach these weird tractor beams, and Pike and his friend have like a kind of verbal fight over the <laughs> over the view screen, uh, which eventually Pike's like, "My ship, my rules," and he's like, "Okay, fine." Um, and you know, the, the all the garbage with you happens, and he comes back, and then they eventually the admiral pulls both of them together and is like, "Look here, boys." You bad children. That's a strange I'm, scene, right? Where like all of a like, sudden yeah, she's weird. there and you're like, uh, what? Yeah. Was time meant to have passed here? We didn't like do a good job. Of, it's strange. Uh, and she's not a hologram. So yeah. Weird. So was she just on that ship the whole time? Or like, you know, like I, for I think a second, time I thought it was meant it would, to have passed, but they didn't yeah, like do a fake I think, of black. I think you're up. right. 
uh, it's a very strange scene. For a second, I was like, is that Giorgio in disguise? I wondered if something weird like that was happening. But also. it clearly was not, right? Because she talks no. about their past, and she's like, you boys yeah. got to get along. You know, I, don't care. I want you, you. I don't care if you guys stop trying to outmanly each other. Get in there and and work together. I, it's an order. You know. Yeah, Pike definitely does the like. I don't like what you're doing, but I guess uh, I accept that you have tough decisions to make. <laughs> He's like. It's, you know? a, it's a it's a really shitty way to say like i'm sorry <laughs> but like yeah he's, but he's not sorry yeah. that's the thing no right? he's not he's not yeah he's definitely not yeah. sorry he's no as far as captains go he might be the most not rich is the wrong wrong word because he obviously bends the rules but he has the truest north compass so far that i've seen for a captain in this series, absolutely. It's not even the, the contested. There's no one in this series that has had a compass that points the right way thus far, <laughs> really. Burnham's is, like, generally the right way, but, like, you know, kind of north, north swinging east. back and forth there. Yeah. <laughs> not really not really always getting a true north. Mm-hmm. This guy is pointed, like, straight on till morning, you yeah. know? Yeah, that thing doesn't move. Um, I really... So it, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then we get the most important line, man. That the admiral, because she wasn't satisfied, sent research ships to those nebulas that disappeared. And what did they detect, JJ? Yeah. Oh, you the got magic a, particle tachyons. The magic tachyon, which so that they section thirty one immediately. Imme- the time travel. Time, yeah, <laughs> he's it's got to be time travel then, right? That's the only thing he possibly could be. And then Pike's like. Or transporters, or <laughs> like ten other things. I love that. It's not I love well that. studied. It's such a good dichotomy between the two of them. Where like she's like tachyons, and he's immediately like, "We're being invaded from the future." <laughs> and Pike's like, "Hold your roll. There you could have been literally anything. Energy discharges, or or you know, just tachyons in a nebula that disappeared." Or uh, pretty good. The washing machine was on too long, <laughs> or there was the like someone left a yep. left a spaceship out to dry. Yeah. Like <laughs> fifty other things. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> oh man, I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. It's so such good. A silly, such it's, a silly end to this whole thing, you know. But it's that is the fan service I want. That's the Star Trek fan service, right? Where it's like. We got to hit him with the tachyons now. <laughs> You're just got like, it, okay. Hit him with the time travel. Let's good. go, Let's boys. Let's do it. We did, we did alternate reality. Let's hit the time war. Let's do it. Yeah. We I, did the Terran uh, Empire I, already. Like let's I, get let's get some tachyons. Like I told you, like, you know, I was already, like, way over it at this point. And so, like, when they said time travel, I was just like, let's go. Crack a beer. <laughs> like, it makes whatever. sense, right? If the, red, if the like, Red Angel knows stuff and is telling Spock stuff, it's got to be something time travel related. I mean, it, that was the opening theory from the beginning of the when they showed it, right? Like, yep. I, it anyway. Yeah. Ah, okay, so you need to look up on Memory Alpha, look up the Romulan Bird of Prey, find a good picture of it. Give me a sec. And then, uh, while you're finding that, we have to talk about the last scene with the hologram, Georgiou. Yeah. So okay. 
Okay, so that's I see a, this picture of the Romulan bird right. prey. I see how you now, see so, the resemblance. So look up the ship NCIA, which is a terrible acronym because we know what we're going for there. NCIA ninety three. That's the name of the ship we're looking at. And other than it being a triangle instead of a circle, tell me that that's not a Romulan bird of prey. Eh. It's the same exact shape, dude. Same winged back nacelles. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You don't see it. All right. Yeah. That's fair. It's too angular. The, the the Romulan one is more curvy. Well, but everything in this show has become more angular. Like, look at the way the Enterprise looks now. Okay, but I'm just saying it doesn't look the same to me. Okay. So that's the... To me, this looked like a, we stole the design of the Romulan Warbird to make our own stealth ship. Well, that may be how they got the cloak technology, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's cool looking, whatever it is. Yeah. I I like the design of it a lot. I think it's cool looking. Absolutely, I I would never argue against that because it is extremely cool. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm also into the fact that like Section Thirty One is just hiding all the good technology, like com badges and stuff. Okay, so Giorgio tells Burnham, "You need to start trusting me." I keep saving your life and I'm not doing it because I need something from you. Uh-huh. Right. And what was Berta? And she's like, yeah, at some point you have to trust me. Said the, like, the, said the said scorpion, scorpion to, the to, frog. The, to the frog. Yeah, exactly. At least Burnham is rightly skeptical. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, for all her uh, magical thinking, she's not... She's very pragmatic. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Sure of herself, but very pragmatic. I think I leave episode five with a complaint that I've already said, and that's literally it. I couldn't stop myself, but that was my thought about the whole episode. was like, I really love a lot of this stuff. I I really do. And I don't want to keep feeling like three through five here. We got to, you and I got to the same place of just like, fine whatever we're doing whatever we want with the mycelial network still i'm still not getting my wish that it will go away but whatever i accept whatever this storyline is let's move on and then she just feels so betrayed yeah i i can't you know i you said it so much better than i could already like i super don't like what they're doing with dr colbert here it's just bad it's it's a it I, w- I know that there are people that feel differently. They have to be. It, undoubtedly. And I, I, I welcome... they brought this character back because of market research or something. Like, I, I can't see... Because there's no narrative reason to do it at all. Yeah, they're going to have to prove it to me because this is not... And I, I would gladly, openly, and wholeheartedly debate why I think this is bad. Uh... I have much stronger feelings on it than I do on the Saru change. But we've got two episodes in a row here, three, uh, four and five, where they just hit the undo button on a lot of work. Yep. And I don't know why. And it's frustrating as someone that watches Star Trek. And Star Trek is not a show that 
never brings people back from the dead. I mean, Spock, they literally did a whole movie about it with Spock. There's a, yeah, I say there's literally a whole movie about doing it with Spock. So we can't, can't complain from I that can't angle. Complain. And we're not. I don't think that's the reason that we don't like it. I think, though, what happened with Spock is he died in a movie. And before there's more character building on top of him being dead, they're like, hey, bro, he might still be alive. They literally, you know, and uh, to be fair, I don't think either of us were like seeing these movies at the time when they came out, right? No, absolutely not. How much time was there between Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 3? Got to be like two to three years. Max, though, right? And Star Trek wasn't on the air at that point anymore. No, it had been off the air for for like for 10, years. 15 years? 15 years. Yeah. So there's no other character building happening in between here. It's the one movie comes out. People are like, oh, they killed Spock. Wow, that's really sad. And then the next movie comes out. And they even leave a kind of a hint at the end of that movie, right? That, like, yeah, absolutely. He lands on the Genesis planet. You know, stuff's growing. It's kind of... Yeah, two years. Know. Two years. And then two years later... They come out with the next movie. And it's called The Search for the Spock. The Search for Spock. And so there's like already a like, oh, okay, he's not really dead. Like he might not there be. There was dead. no time in between those two, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, two years is, is time to wait or whatever, but the, the characters froze. Everyone waited. We pick up the next day two years later. Right. Like, Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're here, still on the raggedy broken ship. I mean, it's like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And here we have, you know, uh, besides the literal time that has passed, you know, showtime a lot. Yeah, a lot of time happened in the show. You know, at least a year or two, based on how they talk about like Ash and them and how they left Kronos and getting back. And so, you know, it's a, it's bad. It's very bad. <sighs> how do you feel overall about Discovery season two so far? Yeah, I mean it's it's such a it's mixed hard bag, not to man. be frustrated right now. Yeah, yeah, it's such a mixed bag. I I enjoy the like weird character moments that they have that are like really good sometimes. Yep, and I'm... then they surround them with stuff that I just am like constantly rolling my eyes at or just like deciding that I need to turn my brain off because we have to have a fight scene here or something. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm into the whole section 31 aspect of this. I'm into the fact that it's tied into our main story. I love the foil that we've got of Georgiou and Leland versus Captain Pike in the same mission. They've set yeah, up a great this is the narrative structure. I, this is the stuff that I'm liking, right? Like, I'm so into the idea of like section 31 is here and they're like, there's clearly something else going on. Section 31 this. is always a thing. That's like max three episodes, right? Like, yeah, nothing. There's almost never section 31 for this, this sustained amount of time. And the idea that we're going to get a look into it when it's like in its nascent state, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, when it's more accepted, than later in the Star Trek universe. Because right, right yeah. now they've just been through a huge war with the Klingons and like they're the Admiral's like, we need them despite what you say. Like yeah. these guys are important. Yeah, and, and they're and they show up later everyone's like, screw these guys. Right. They're <laughs> like, most decorated captain right now. 
gets explained why they need section 31 and he's just like okay like in the future if jean-luc picard was like confronted with section 31 i can't imagine right oh no dude card would throw a fit man that's not how things are done in the federation that's not what we do it's not what we stand for right you know so this like nascent 31 that gets such wide latitude from even people like pike is an interesting section of star trek to explore and it's the direction that this season needs to go we do not need more mycelial network resurrections right like the mycelial network thing they set up in episode three that like hey bro jumping through the spore drive thing is killing killing us the mycelial network that's where we could have left it there could have been a cool episode of like um pike is arguing in front of the star trek command that like we can't use the spore drive anymore like and we have that like kind of very star trek um, yeah, it's like, are we willing to commit genocide in order yeah, to use this mode exactly, of travel? Exactly, exactly. We're committing genocide. We have to have our Star Trek. Um, uh, what do you call it? The like put the our courtroom on here. The, co- the courtroom yeah. episodes, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And some of those episodes are be there are beloved TNG episodes that are just like literally courtroom dramas. Yeah, yeah. And they're good because not has nothing to do like. They're still Star Trek either about sci-fi stuff and topics that, you know, wouldn't make any sense in an actual courtroom these days. But they're good because the writing and the scenes go together and make sense. And it's a it, it is an interesting topic to explore in that setting when you can't normally explore topics like that in that setting. Yeah. It's it's very emotional whiplash for me on like yeah. Half of each episode I'm loving and half I'm just like, please, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. It's really, there is like, I don't understand. There is like some person somewhere in this structure that is like, every episode needs to have these five things. And here they are. We have to have one really awful, terrible thing that happens. Mm -hmm. We have to have uh, some good character moments that people that like Star Trek are going to like. We have to have a bunch of character moments that make no sense and have no motivation. We then also need to have like some fight scenes and some explosions or something. Right. All right. Go ahead and write that script. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, and I'm with you cause I'm conflicted, right? Like there are parts of this stuff that I'm super enjoying. And then there's the rest of it that I'm just like, like my eyes are rolling back into <laughs> my head and like I don't have enough beers here to drink in order to make me like this. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It is. Are we going to keep going? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're already here. Okay, we're committed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, like I do watch the next on thing, so I think we're going to get a Saru episode. Okay. Uh, next. So that's all we'll I want to know. I don't want to know more than that. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. So we'll uh, we'll see, and uh, we'll do some more of these. Absolutely, two or three more. I think if we do them in threes, then we have. This is five, so eight on a good thing. So five, so six, seven, eight, ten. uh, Are there eleven or twelve episodes in this season? Great question. Don't know. Mm, Uh oh. Two, twelve. 
I'm going to say 12. Looks like... I, I didn't actually look. Oh, they have overall, so that's not helpful. Okay, here we go. There are 14. Yes, 14. 14. So if we're doing this by threes, this is five. So six, seven, eight is our next one. Nine, 10, 11 is the one after this that. This is perfect. We'll end on 14. We'll end on 14. So we have three okay. more months of episodes for you about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. You'll get to live it along with us if you'd like. Uh, those are our breakdowns for our next episodes. Even if you want to just read the synopses if you watched them before. Um, and hopefully I have less strong emotions <laughs> the next time. Or like maybe we have strong emotions but about different things, you know? Yeah, hopefully, like, yeah. Good, positive emotions. Yeah. More, I really am going to have to more get positive. proved on Culber. I can't with him. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We're, we're together, I like that. Right? I want to be very, very, very clear. Very clear. Okay. I think that I think his name is Cruz. It's not Tom Cruise. Now I have to look it up. Wilson Cruz. The actor? The actor. Wilson Cruz. I have seen him on multiple shows. And I quite mm-hmm. enjoy him. Especially, there was a show I was watching where he was a lawyer. And he's very good as a lawyer. Uh, he's got a great gotcha face. You know? Like, when his characters say something that stop other people in their tracks... Uh, he delivers those lines really well. Uh, this is not about bringing back an actor or anything like that. It's only to me that Stamets as a character needed something interesting about him. Yeah. I am. They, they, the thing that I'm mad about here is the neutering of the character, right? It's yes, the, it is the thing that makes no sense. It, you know, from the logic standpoint, we've already given up. Right, like, we're over it. That clearly, there's no logic involved here at all. But they are ruining the characters by doing this. Like they spent time giving this character an arc, and they took the arc away and made it meaningless. Now, why would you do this? Why did you write that arc? There was right? a moment you, here where all of it was good. Where yeah. where and my that fear... part where he tried to pull oh him across the barrier and it that didn't moment happen. when his and then they had to say goodbye. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good when his hand just doesn't make it through, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Then they, yeah. I was super mad, and then they did that, and I was like, oh, they got me. Wow, like, I really believed in. I knew when I saw his face. In the mycelium, I'm like, they're going to bring him back. And I'm really, and I was just so down. And I kept watching, and his hand doesn't go through the thing. And I instantly sat up and I was like, oh, wow. You lulled me into thinking that I knew what you were going to do. You're taking this character away from him again. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It could, because if that had been where they went, it was like a great plot line. Like, one of, maybe one of the best that they've done in a long time. Like, not just in this show, but like a Star Trek plotline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. I think <sighs> I would have been... 
I would have been singing the praises of that episode if it had yeah. stuck. Absolutely. I, I, it's such a weird moment to have turned on a dime the quality and it's got to prove out. It's got to prove out. We've got, they've got nine more episodes to prove it out to me. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. That'll do it for us on this episode of subspace transmissions. Rate, subscribe, talk, send us emails, podcast at we were gamers.com. You can find it on Definitely. YouTube. Yeah. And when you uh, when you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can hit that little uh, bell icon. It'll notify you whenever these pods get posted. So you don't have to, like, be pretty sure you know. Yeah. Because sometimes sweet videos like Andrew and Michael playing Portal <laughs> go up uh, uh, not on the the standard schedule. And you don't know when those are going to come because, to be clear, I also don't know when those are going to come. <laughs> and uh, that video is pretty good. <laughs> Did you? Uh, we got stuck. <laughs> Y- y'all y'all got stuck uh it, you know, I, I i jumped through some of the puzzles uh at some points where like i was clear like you guys had got it and then it was like the execution yeah it's like you stumble a little bit there and i'm like you know zipping forward a little bit and then you guys got stuck and it was pretty funny um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of those double puzzles... funny because like i saw what to do oh and, no uh, i knew mm-hmm. i knew what you were supposed to do and mm-hmm. y'all didn't see it mm-hmm. um but i mean you know that's that's part of it that's part of it yep I think my favorite moment from that was when we just kept dying to the turrets mm-hmm. because we didn't see the extra wall anyway. Uh, yeah. And even if you're like, okay, I'm not into that. You can subscribe to playlists too. And these Star Trek episodes go up in a playlist. You can just sub to that. So enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just want the Star Trek, it's there for you. Mm-hmm. See you next month, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>